Welcome to First Aid Copites, a podcast for Delaware's Liverpool supporters and their friends. Hey, it's August 9th, and it's the third episode of our fifth season in the last episode before the season actually starts. Welcome, dear listener. Delighted today to be joined by Enrique, who's not been with us so far this year. Um, and it's 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 been a while. Uh, and Daz, Daz is back. Uh, we're going to talk about the preseason, um, probably not in that much length, but just to kind of uh, wrap it up, talk about the Darmstadt Munich games, perhaps. And then we're going to look at head to Chelsea this weekend. And then if we have time, we'll kind of uh, look around what else is happening elsewhere. Um, see if Andre from Fluminense is uh, interesting enough to talk about. So let's let's kick it off. Um, a lot of headline stuff about poor defending. Uh, and I'll start with you, Enrique. Um, and I've seen people say, "What we scored eighteen, but we conceded 11. Um, I, I mean, I think I think there's good and bad. I think there were actually only four goals conceded when Virgil was on the field, which probably. Um, is, is worth putting into context but there were a couple of those goals which just felt like someone just did a long ball and um they got to it first um what what are you what are your thoughts about i mean t- take the two games together even though i know they, they posed well one posed a challenge and the other didn't pose much of one yeah yeah so i mean the, the so the Bayern Munich highlights has been a couple of days so I, but the Darmstadt goal yeah yes exactly that right it just seems like one pass completely took everybody out of the game and you know it's a good pass but i have the the um instinct is to say that this season is going to be a lot of that where we're going to be scoring a lot conceding a lot and i think early signs or the early seasons under Klopp were followed a similar vein where everybody's still getting used to his uh tactics and formations and um i think it's probably within the first two seasons of Klopp, right where we were conceding a lot but also scoring generally more than the opposition it took a while before we got into that rhythm of um the glory days where we were comfortably winning two nil and boring one nils uh, on the way to winning elite titles. I don't think we're going to be near that. And it makes sense when you have all these new players coming in that there's going to be some betting in period. So um, my instinct is to say that even though these are uh, it's preseason and you take everything with a pinch of salt, um, I can see a lot of that this season uh, as far as us conceding a lot. Um, and a lot of the time I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be against a run of play, um, I, you know, because we're going to be, attacking at the other end a lot more so but I, yeah I, am i am i worried and, and not necessarily like you said it, you know only a fraction of them were happening with vbd on the field um and again you have the, you have i think the infield rap mentioned is you have a mixture of players that are you know just trying to get fitness and then you have other players that are putting their hearts out trying to break into the uh, starting 11 so how many of our defenders are just there making sure they're not getting injured just trying to get their fitness levels up and I think that's going to come into play um generally in preseason games you are going to see higher scoring so I'm not terribly worried um you know let's see how the first couple of games of the season go and see if there's a trend there but it is it is a little unnerving though to see us cut open with uh you know simple passes that when you know take four or five of our guys out of the, the equation yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to say that the uh, the press was off, but it it, it the, when 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 it when it happened, especially it's Darmstadt, who I don't think had scored a goal in preseason before that. Um, that 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 yeah. I, you wouldn't know from that finish. You, you wouldn't know. No, <laughs> no, 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 it was it was good. Yeah, been saving it up for us. Um, it was a bit of a weird game actually. Um, I'll go back Daz, to the 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 Bayern Munich game. I think Klopp talked about the fact that they've been doing multiple sessions, um, like in the day before and uh, and on the day of the Munich game. So he, he felt there were was some tiredness involved. Um, I, I I I hear I hear that, and I like want to feel optimistic. But uh, I think we've also seen us concede goals last season, like the, those, the one, particularly the first one, I think, um, and and the one against Darmstadt. Um, what what what's your, what's your take on? Start with the defending, and then we could talk a bit about the well defending as a team, and, and let's include in that like the positioning for the goals of the midfield, um, which I think in the Munich game there were some question marks about that as well. Uh, on the defensive point, I, I, I agree with with all of the points that Enrique made. It's preseason. Some of these guys are probably more worried about personal fitness than they are overall strategy. Um, they're thinking they'll snap into it when the season starts. But you get that tweak 
in 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 the back of your mind that this seems to be a continuation of the, almost exactly the same things that plagued us throughout last season, even when we were playing our best football towards the end of the season. It just felt like a long diagonal over the top was really all it took to to, to unseat us. And it, it seemed to be more of the same. And then flashing forward or backwards rather to the to Bayern Munich game, their last goal, it wasn't like we didn't have, well, I'll, I'll, I'll caveat with what I'm about to say with this is whenever we made those large amounts of subs and or brought like three, four in at a time, it definitely, the, the balance of play became unbalanced and it was way more chaotic. So you, you, you did suspect that, gaps would show in different places, but you had two senior defenders on the field playing against a, a kid. And you might say, I think two of the goals might legitimately have been flagged for offsides had there been a VAR check. Yeah, or, However, or had, a, had an assistant referee who perhaps knew the rules. I don't know. Maybe it was yeah. that as well. Yeah, had it, had, exactly. Yeah. Had they had they tied it, it, it but it, it kind of ties into to, to the, the, the pattern of last year. So you can't help but think, that this that maybe the alarm bells that are going off do have some some validity around what's going on in the back, and then you had Virgil, I think, spoke to it yesterday or the day before about like how it's it is something that that they they are mildly concerned about in his own way. He was saying that, yeah, um, and he said we're great going forward, but there's still questions around us in the back, and that's 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 your captain and your senior centre back, but that buying goal was just a ball between Joe Gomez and and Ibrahim Konate, and. That, speaking of great finishes, that was that was a that was a pillar of a finish. Like Ali didn't move, which is highly unusual for him. But it's it, it does it does give you pause. And then, but then you look at the you look at this the attacking play on this team. It's like we could have scored hatfuls of goals, hatfuls if we had like if we had been a little bit sharper, or the final pass had to been a shot, or the shot had to been a pass. Uh, there's 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 so much to to, to take heart in going forward and it makes me wonder if if we had if ah, and again if some butt sweets and candy swings around about all that stuff if Fabinho had is stuck around just for a little bit of solidity in that position if it would have been potentially different under this new under this new system because you did see like green shoots coming from him at the end of last season when we were playing in this new this this new system um and I think you've got on the agenda McAllister, which we'll get to in that six versus that six role. And yeah. against Darmstadt, I think he wasn't magnificent, but it's I think that's some something that he might potentially grow into. Um, and for me, he's he's probably the player that I'm most excited about getting, yeah. having gotten in, in the offseason. So so let's let's pivot to us on being on the front foot. Uh, and I think we can kind of weave kind of McAllister's role as a six in, into that. Um, it, it felt like the game, the Darmstadt game in particular, um, they scored those two goals almost too quickly. And it was like, oh, this is a waste of time. Why are we even bothering playing a team like this? Uh, but I did think there were spells, especially in the second half, where, I mean, Darmstadt did not, weren't able to get out of their own half. The pressing was really good. And... You know, if the pass, the last pass had just been slightly better, uh, it, it, it probably would have been an embarrassing scoreline and had people questioning why we were playing these this team. Um, but it it, it 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 boded well, I thought, particularly when we were on the front foot, particularly when you had kind of McAllister and uh, and Trent finding spaces um, with, some, with some of their passing. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't have a problem with uh, when you when playing these teams of uh, lower quality because even at, at this point, our goal should just be to get the fitness of these guys up, but also get them used to playing with each other. So yeah. you don't want to, you know, go up against a team that's you know, quote unquote, higher quality team where our guys are going to get sucked into more of a brawl, and the next thing you know, you have uh, injuries or you know whatever to have to deal with going into the season. Um, the one thing you are going to get from um, these teams is that they are going to be up for it because they're playing Liverpool. So you're going to get a little bit more of an aggression and for them to step up their game, which is actually good for our guys, because there's going to be a lot of games in the league where I think, you know, we're, we're a team that gets targeted, right? We're a team that other teams in the league get up for. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of teams seem to have the best uh, game of the seasons against us. Um, but it's, it's important to play. Yeah, I don't have a problem. You know, you can't just play Bayern Munich's and, you know, Manchester United. It's all preseason and, um, there's there's something to be said about playing the teams that are going to give you a little bit more, you know that split second more on the ball 
for our players to get used to the runs they make, for the, uh, the passes that are going to be made, um, get to see a little bit more of our guys play with the ball. Yeah. I, I think one of, one of the things that um, I am kind of really convinced about is that um, I, I know last season people said, oh, Gakpo is never going to be the player that Firmino ha has been for us. Uh, I, I am really not sure about that. <laughs> Give the man a year. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, yes, this was written after three months and, and it wasn't that he'd look bad. But uh, yeah, I don't I, know who's saying that. They haven't been watching him. Uh, I'm pretty sure somebody on the Anfield rap said that. It yeah. wouldn't have, it would not have been Sean Rogers or, or Neil Atkins, I don't think. But. Well, Bobby wasn't really Bobby for us for the last two seasons, was he? I was going to say, three, month, three months of uh, us having Bobby, he was a winger for us, right? Yeah. So I don't think many people would have expected a Bobby to be putting up the numbers Bobby put. So. No. No. Now, there's one player I'm most excited for. Too. I think it's Gakpo. Give, uh, give Gakpo. give us a four-year Gakpo. I can see him hitting double-digit goals and assists. Yeah. The, the other one, Daz, who I thought looked uh, particularly good um, and, and and I think was, of course, a concern when he came back last year, was Diaz. Um uh, I, I still think that his passing could be just slightly better. I mean, the, he's create, he creates a lot of kind of half chances, which could be better chances if the ball was delivered just that bit, bit kind of cleaner. But uh, I mean, he looks like his, his, his pace is not gone for sure. No, it, it, well, he looks like he's hungry too, which I thought was was great. Um, my concern with him is, I think I've, I've always raised it is he his. The major weapon in his arsenal for him and in his own mind is his ability to get around people. And if he can't, he continues to belabor it. When sometimes dropping his shoulder and trying to beat someone for pace isn't the better option, but it's always his, his primary option. And yeah. he leans heavily towards that. It's good to draw two players across and then, and then knock it off. But he, he just sometimes he he tends to chew on the ball a little bit long too long, and then sometimes he'll, he he drops back into the midfield. And it happened in the Darmstadt game where he just got the ball taken away from him, and and the, the center hash mark and and the center circle, and he and the, and and they fashioned a chance from that. So, but but yeah, I, I, like the the goal that he did score was lovely, or the both the goals he scored were lovely. Um, but unfortunately, it's just a, it's the percentage of them are a lot lower than. So I do, I love I love him. He's like he's he's like an a chaos agent. Um, he will cause he will cause panic in the in the back line, which is good. And but to your point, if you can just if his decision making is just a little bit like five percent better, I think you'd you'd see you'd see him purring and, and us along with him. Yeah, yeah, no, agree, agree. Um, I'm not going to spend too much more because I think we want to look at spend more time looking ahead to Chelsea. But uh, it was noticeable that uh, Sabozlai was taking um, corners. Uh, and I think, well, he certainly scored two from his corners, right, uh, in this match. I, I wonder if that's a, a, a kind of a something different about his corners compared to Trent and, uh, and Andy Robertson. Because um, he seemed to be able to land them very cleanly at the near post. Yeah, he seems like a set-piece set uh, specialist, doesn't he? Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I always have a um, soft spot for a number eight that can hit him from distance. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can uh, rack up as far as goals and assists just from set pieces. I think we still have a fairly uh, tall team. Actually, actually we, we are tall. Yeah, there's, it's not even fairly tall. We are a tall team. So it's something that we should take more advantage of. Um, I, you know, I, got, I don't have the stats to off the top of my head, but I think one thing coming out of last season that I felt was that we didn't uh, put up the same numbers we got from set pieces as we had in previous years. And um if part of the signing with Subosly was to address that, then it makes perfect sense that they're going to put him on. I mean, he's got a really great corner and he's got a really great free kick on him. So, it, you know, it makes perfect sense to me to have him on the set pieces. It, it also looked like they had him positioned on the uh, the near post for for, a cor for corners against us. He had, we're going to say, a couple away, but he headed one right into the path of uh, a Darmstadt player. So he probably needs to work on that. But he did head the other one away. <laughs> well, he picked out a defender. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yep, I'm sure we're going to be talking more about the man with the Steven Gerrard tattoo um, before the uh, the season ends. Well, for me, it's it's not, it's he has all those amazing qualities, but it's his smolder when he gives away a free kick. That's that's the best part for me. Just take he just looks at the ref and he's got the smoldering look. Like yeah. so, the ref's not going to give another one away after that. How could you with an amazing smolder like that? I I do see a lot of cards in his future, <laughs> uh, based on what we've seen so far. But 
he gets about. He's not afraid to throw himself around. Yeah, yeah. Much more so than anyone we've had in recent years, I think. But I remember reading that that was the one concern that people had, that he just doesn't seem to like going backwards. Okay. Defensive, the defensive aspect of his game. So I'm wondering if he's if he's really laying it on thick for Klopp. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. It will have its uses. We'll talk about whether he should be in the team for the Chelsea game in part two. But we're going to end part one there. Um, yep. So preseason done. Uh, on to the 2023-24 season. Hey, welcome back to part two of First Day Copites. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about the first game of the season. Uh, and in doing so, we'll, we'll, we'll probably take a, a look at kind of where we are in terms of our hopes and expectations for 23-24. Uh, um, awful lot of negativity out there, um, uh, in large part because of um, the lack of ambition that we're showing in the transfer market. Uh, I, ambition is in quotes because I, I tend to think that's a really lazy narrative. Um, but let's start with let's start with Chelsea themselves, who've um, pretty much replaced the entire team uh, from twelve months ago. Uh, they still seem to have a lot of players. I think we can expect them because Pochettino likes to set up four three three. So if that's the case, Enrique. What approach do you think we should take uh, for, for this one? Yeah, it's don't ask me to guess how Pochettino is going to line up. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you what place he goes with. Um, so, you, so as far as what approach, I would tell Klopp just to go with what he wants to see all season long. I don't think we should adapt our lineup for this one game at the start of the season. Um, as far as Chelsea are concerned, you know, I'm glad we're playing them this early because I do think they're going to be a force this season. And I'd rather play them in the first couple games uh, before Pochettino's ideas are fully bedded in rather than, you know, say a couple months into the season where they might have their flow. Um, yeah. So if they do a four, three, three, then I guess that's suggesting they go with uh, what Jackson Sterling and now even Kunku injured is couldn't tell you who the third attacker, maybe Mudrick would be, but you know, with Sterling and Mudrick out wide, then you guess that's a lot of uh, a lot of speed. So, are we going to change how high of a line we sit? I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't think it's worth changing adapting our uh, our tactics just for this one game. I think we 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 try to implement the formation that we're going to be using for the majority of the season. Um, get our guys used to playing it. If it's a dangerous uh, high line against a fast, uh, speedy wingers with the Chelsea has, and Jackson seems pretty fast too, just from what I've seen of him too. So, yeah. um, then so be it. You know, give them that challenge. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad time to play Chelsea. I just don't have any. Stick with a similar theme about kind of Chelsea and how they line up and how we respond to that. Does but uh, I know you watched some of them in the the summer series. Here in the US, I did not see much of that. Um, but it's when I did see Jackson, it did strike me that he had the advantage in those games of people never having seen him pretty much. Um, so therefore they were unsure as to what he was going to do. Uh, and I'm I'm always very aware of the fact that first game Anthony Marsh Anthony Martial ever played for United was against us and he looked like he was gonna kind of be the greatest player the Premier League had ever seen. And then people figured out, you know, he's got like a couple of moves. And once you know that, it's a much easier job to defend him. Um, I'm saying that that's where Jackson will end up, but I do think it will be easier. So are we at a disadvantage playing them first? Because they're going to put out a lineup that they may never have used before. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really not sure they're going to play in midfield, uh, apart from Fernandez. Well, I'd say we set up with a, a one one eight. You verge at the back, put Marshall Rono in front of him, and then it's depending on how we're doing, push Ellie forward and then have Ellie 2 8. Now, uh, um, from what I watched, they were good in, they were good in, 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 in spurts. Modric looks like he's starting to feel himself a little bit more, and, and he is really, really quick. So the concern will be if we do decide to push. Trent into the midfield where we've been doing and have uh, Ibu patrolling the space and behind him. Ibu does have pace, but he doesn't have that type of pace. Um, and given the fact that we seem to be, we seem to be susceptible to like long raking diagonals into that channel on our right-hand side, whoever's playing us on their left-hand side, it's, I think it's going to be our, our risk calculus like how 
how much risk are we willing to take? And you talk about a high line. Um, I, I don't think Klopp's really going to change it. I know that people have come out on airwaves and said, well, maybe we'll go to it to a 4-4-2 and we'll put uh, Joe Gomez back in that more traditional right fullback position and then slide Trent forward, maybe playing a, a 4-2-3-1 or some variation thereof. Uh, I don't think Klopp's going to change it. I think he's going to go. I think you'll. I think he's going to go with, with what he what he knows has worked and did work quite well at the end of last season. Uh, the the about Jackson Klopp sometimes has been has, has has been susceptible to to not really knowing what to do against teams or players that he's never played against before. Think about Brentford the first time we played them. They gave us kittens, and then we kind of figured them out, and then we had a shit season, and they got to us again. But so it'd be interesting. He's 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 an interesting little player. He's nifty. He, as you can see, he can definitely finish. Um, but Chelsea aren't, to Enrique's point, they're nowhere near the fully baked product just yet. And I think we meant, I mentioned this to you off, off air. I don't think Pochettino lost the season. Where was, where was he coach at last? When was the last of coaching? Was it PSG? Yeah, PSG, yeah. PSG. How long ago was that? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? A season. A year off. And in that time, I think that man, you didn't come looking for him, did they? Uh oh, it's it's a year ago, Daz. Come on, that's that's a really hard yeah. question. Anything um, outside of forty-five minutes ago, I went. Uh, yeah. Possibly, possibly, um, they inquired, but I don't think he would. I think it was him not being ready, wanting time off. I don't remember him being linked with anyone, like even in, unless he said like a, he had a, a strict "do not disturb" sign on his on his office door. Uh, it's, I just I think it's interesting that the, that now everyone's heralding him as this as the second coming. Yeah, uh, I just I I don't. Again, I'm, I've I've been wrong more than I've been right on these airways, but I just get a sense that it, with the way that Chelsea have been trying on trying on managers like bathing suits, I, I I'm not sure I'm not sure if he lost. If he loses the first, if if he doesn't if he doesn't win or show in the first five, six games of the season, I think that you'll probably see like uh, you'll probably see a, um, a vacancy sign go up pretty soon and, and around the managerial position at Chelsea. I, well, well, I'd like to think, I, I mean, I desperately would love the Chelsea project, which seems not to need to worry about financial fair play um, to, to, to fail. I'm, I'm not sure Pochettino certainly showed an ability in the past to build teams with young players and, and create something meaningful. Um, I, I wonder, and I'm going to turn it back to to you, Enrique. But I'm, I'm very much going to go with what's our what's our setup for this game. Well, at this point, is Klopp and, and company view Chelsea as a, a like a top four, top six rival, or do they view them as kind of part of the bottom ten? And um, you know, when the project gets there, I'm, I'm sure they'll consider themselves like a top six team. But I don't know if that's where they are now. And it is it, so. So, if if we consider them to be more of a top six team, I could see us being more defensive in this than than we've been in some of the preseason games. Um, but if we consider them more of a, uh, I don't know, a uh, Crystal Palace, let's let's go, let's go with that. Um, I I, th- I think we go much more front foot. Um, but but we have to have some expectations about where they are right now. So. Yeah, I guess I kind of side on two different sides of your opinion there. Um, I think we should go into it considering them a top four rival. Uh, But I don't believe that makes us go into it more defensive. I think it's a top four rival in the sense of we go out to make a statement. And I think that's very much the way you should approach this game in that um, this is, you know, to that point, this is a start of a project for Chelsea. If we can go out there and, you know, hypothetically smash them 3-0, 4-0, you set them back a lot just at week one and you potentially uh, set them back um, so far that they can't overcome it as a top four rival. So I think you you don't take this lightly. I know there's um, there's chatter about, you know, coming out of this uh, nil nil or draw is a good result for us. And I don't deny that it is a good result for us. I think if we have the opportunity to um, just, you know, put, put them down and just make it a statement win say, you know, we're further along in our project or our transition than you are in your project. 
and you're not going to be a threat to us this uh, this season for top four, then I think you take that opportunity because otherwise, if you if you give them anything out of this game, then they're going to be able to build on it, and then you know we may be looking at it three four months down the line and say. You know, they're, we're either right behind them or they're right behind us in the race for top four. And I think if we can, yeah, we can we can kind of set them back to a position where, where they're not so confident in Pochettino anymore. They're starting to scramble because, um, I mean, you, you brought up the midfield and yeah. I, I don't think I can name more than two midfielders at the club right now. So, I'm, so they, maybe they don't even go with a 4-3-3 for that reason and they might just go with 4-2-4 yeah. For four attackers, but so, honestly, I'm struggling to think of anyone but Fernandez. Well, they, they, got, they have Gallagher still, right? Or as he, yeah. oh, of course, yes, yes, yep, yep. So, so I think they could line up with you know Gallagher and uh, Fernandez as sixes, and yeah, they have a third midfielder. I'm not aware. Of <laughs> I'm really struggling to think of who it could be, but yeah, I, no, I think I think you, you take this opportunity to um, you know, knock one of your potential competitors, yeah. you know, off off the off their balance right out the gates, and oh, have them doubting their new manager. Wouldn't wouldn't it be lovely? Yes, yes. Um, so they have significantly more de- more defenders than they do midfielders on their roster. They've got they've got Callum Hudson-Odoi, who I thought was leaving. This is why up. I don't think they've got anyone because every pretty much every player apart from Fernandez has been like with a move away. You know? Yeah, so Hudson-Odoi was loaned out last season, right? Like Leverkusen, I think had him. Yeah, Chuck Mwerka, uh Fernandez, Ugochua. Uh, Cassidy and Santos. Maybe incorrect in this, but I think they were experimenting with Reese James in the midfield, similar to uh, the way we were playing with Trent. So maybe that's their idea. And Cassidy's 20. Yeah. And what, was this, what was the guy after Fernandez? Fernandez is 19. But the, there was another name. Isn't he another signing they just made? Yep. Yeah, Bogutroku was 19. Fernandez, 19. He's 22. I thought he was looking at that. Oh, wow. 19. Chukwemeka, <laughs> Gallagher's as is, is, is an ancient twenty-three. Wow, this is interesting. And people are complaining about us not having a midfield to choose from. Jesus. Yeah, no, we look flush with options in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who do you think will will you'll select? So offensive or defensive, irrespective of that, who do you think um, is in the starting eleven? Does I think it'll be the same back four we saw against Darmstadt. Um, I I think based on what we saw with with McAllister, I think he'll go with McAllister and that kind of that six with Trent sliding in next to him. I think he will persist with uh, with Domish Lobbers with Soboslai. Um, the other side is it will will be will be interesting. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Jones simply because I, I don't think the only reason he didn't start was because he had like a little little knock is what they said in the last game. He yeah. knows the system. He finished the lot, end of the season really strong. He seems to have come on full of bounding with confidence after winning the, was it the U20 or the U19 World Cup, U20 World Cup? U20 up front. So this is tough because Jota got with, with Diaz and, and Salah on the, on the flanks. So that, that to me sounds quite attacking. And, and uh, when, when I was saying go more defensively i was thinking more uh like maybe not sabo's life for this one um given you know, give him a chance to kind of bed in more play gakpo gakpo through the middle and jota on the wing because jota's press i think is is better than any, anybody else maybe apart from gakpo we get out of, or the defensive output we get out of both of them um for me i, I want to say it's the same lineup as dom start but uh trade out diaz for curtis jones and put Curtis Jones in uh, and see how he plays in the six. If his midfield comp- com- competition is Gallagher, then I think he wins that battle. So it's not a bad game to put him in. Um, and then, yeah, Jota out wide, Gakko through the middle, Salah on the right. And then and then you have options off the bench with Diaz and Nunes. I'm hesitant to put Jones in that six spot because I know that they say that's where he played in the, in the, European, the European Championship, but... On the and again, this is a really small data subset of having seen him do it for us. I think that his positional discipline is not what it needs to be that six, because like, there's a couple of times he went walkies because his natural tendency is to is to try and drive into those spaces, and he did leave big gaps behind, and he hasn't quite gotten the hang of the of the the cynical the cynical professional foul as yet, and there's one or two times that he just let people like he could have brought them down, and it would have been a card, but like he, we were under duress when, when people are running past him and yeah. dragging people into to... him as a six. I was thinking him on the left side 
um, accompanying Jota um, down that. Down Outside that of eight. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, 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 don't I think it's you're right about the positional sense though, because his instinct is much more that of an attacker, which is to kind of dive in and see if you can, you know, win a fast break rather than maybe sometimes just sit on somebody. Um, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just before we finish this part, do you think all the noise around the transfers will impact the team um, this upcoming weekend? I'll start with you, Enrique. It's good. Everybody's reactionary, right? That's where we live in. <laughs> so if we win, then it's no big deal. If we lose, then everybody's going to point to us not getting all our business done as why we lost and probably somewhere in the middle for a draw. Um, I don't think the, the 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 players themselves or the coaching staff are going to be too bothered. I think at this point going into the season, it, you know, if I'm in that squad, the way I'm looking at it is like we've we've got who we've got. If this is how we have to go into the season, then this is what we're going to do. You know, you put your head down, you get get the job done. If we yeah. if we they get new players, then they're probably going to be realistic about like any new players that come in now. It's going to be a month before they get into the lineup anyway. Yeah. Um, so there, there's not much use in you know putting too much weight and thinking and thinking about it. So I hope it's not on the minds of the players. Um, they should just be 100 focused on Chelsea. But I definitely think it's going to impact the uh, the mood around the game itself and whatever the result is, you're going to see those narratives tied together, even if they <laughs> Soto Voce FSG out. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Improve anything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's no pleasing people like it too. No. So if we win by four, it's like, well, you know, we would have won by six if we had had a proper six there. Yeah. 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 There's no pleasing. There's no pleasing anybody. And then like the, the naysayers will disappear just for a second. I never really understood this. Like, how can you wish, wish harm upon the team that you supposedly support to, so, so that to add to add credence or weight to your argument, see, I told you, yeah, dude. Oh well, I think so. Oh, there, there's a there's a tie into the women's uh, yeah. team right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the, sorry, the U.S. women's team. Yeah. How many how many uh, supposed American fans are uh, cheering on their demise? Yeah, but uh, well, so having had a, a small dip into the uh, um, uh, the world of of X, a stupid name. Um, uh, after the third Back love, the you, porn, Paul. love you bid was turned down, um, like the, there were literally people saying, like, surely none of those fools can believe that FSG are decent owners anymore. And that, I mean, they're just so like every it's like um, the, there's a word for this. Confirmation bias is all over this. Whatever happens, it confirms my view, and you know, I'm I, I, nothing's going to change that. Um, yeah, you're 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 not you're not on Twitter to have civil discourse or have your mind changed. No. Um, you're you're on there exactly just to any anything that happens is to already confirm your opinions. And yeah, it, yeah. And if it looks like your opinions aren't correct, then you just stay quiet for a couple of months until you get to come back out with FSG right. out. You know, <laughs> well, you yeah. continue to double down on them and yell in all caps because sure. apparently yelling anything in all caps has as way more as way more credibility. Uh-huh. We may get to talk about those Alexi Lalas tweets, but uh, but let's. Uh, so, um, w- what do you think the score will be then on uh, on Sunday? Um, start with you, Enrique. Tough one. Um, two 0 I like it. Two 0 Daz, what do you think? Five five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, if, if they're going to play Thiago Silva at the, at the back. I gotta believe with our, our attacking force, we've got to find a way to get past him and do some damage. So I, I am I'm gonna say three-one because I don't think we're gonna get away without conceding a goal based on our preseason performances. But um, but if the attack gets going and they're allowed to target Thiago Silva, I think things could be really good. What about what about last four four uh, uh, results being against them? Nil-nil. <laughs> Just thought I'd put that there. <laughs> So we're doing a lot of goals. I see where you're going. <laughs> Thank you. See ya. Thank you. Yeah. Leading the witness, Your Honor. Leading the witness. Or, or we just, it's always going to be nil-nil. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, uh, how, how the Chelsea game happened and then look ahead. Um, but oh, in part three, we're going to pick up some uh, random items. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, and part two ends here. A 
Hey, welcome back to part three of First Aid Copites. Uh, we are going to touch on a few different topics here. I'm going to start with um, the messy business of, of transfers. Um, and we do know that Jürgen has said that we're definitely going to add, uh, uh, well, we can assume at least one more player. Um, there's been lots of conversation. Like it feels like um, we're actually in the room with the uh, negotiations around Lavia. We know that much about it. Um, <laughs> and, and and of course, there's outrage that we won't stump up the four million. Um, I, well, let, let, let's start with, with, with Lavia. I, I, I confess, I, I look at the number of games Lavia played. I look at the number of games Caicedo's played. And it's like, this is a big risk. <laughs> Both of those players are a big risk given how little football they've actually played. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I don't buy into the whole narrative of, you know, FSG out because they don't want to stump up, like you said, a couple extra million. I think if we truly thought Lavia was the one and he's going to be, you know, be a transformational midfielder that everybody hopes him to be, I don't think FSG would be letting a couple mil um, uh stop negotiations right i think the reason thing they're slow and I, you know we can only go off of the information we have which looks like it's all getting leaked on the southampton side yeah. um here's my here's the impression i get right the impression i get is that southampton desperately wants somebody else to jump in to into a bidding war and i think if lavia was actually the real deal we would see city jump in in the same way that they jumped in for a day or two with declan rice and I thought I got the impression with that Declan Rice and Arsenal deal that they only jumped in to have Arsenal pay 10 million more, right? Because Arsenal were dilly dallying around 90. City come in and say, oh, we'll pay 100. And then our next day, Arsenal were like 105. Boom, deal done. I don't think City actually ever thought they were going to get Declan Rice. Um, in the same way, at, you know, they, so they have Phillips, right? And that's where I look at it. So if they have, they have Phillips. If they thought Lavia was a better option than Phillips, they have, you know, essentially they have dibs on Lavia. And I don't think they would let Lavia go to us, who are a potential title contender for them if we're looking two or three years down the line, um, if they thought he is that much of a better option than Phillips. So if he's not that much better of a better option than Phillips, then yeah, I completely agree with us. Let's not overpay for someone that might not be the right piece. If we're looking at him and we say, okay, he ticks eight out of 10 boxes and that's why we're looking at him, where there are other midfielders out there that probably also take eight out of 10 boxes that we can get for cheaper and I, you're starting to see these uh, rumors and links um i know you're doing the deep dive into andre i'm excited to hear <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> on that and uh you know and then other names like paulina and tyler adams have cropped up uh, you know how much substance is there in that how much of that is just to you know on our side of the table showing it south is like look we'll go somewhere else if you're not accepting this but um the biggest thing that gives me pause is that city are not jumping into this they're not trying to get in our way on this deal and yeah, I don't. I don't think it's uh, it's something that FSG is just like, oh, we're going to let five million stop us from getting the midfielder that ticks all the boxes. I think they're saying he doesn't quite tick all the boxes. He would be a good uh, player, but do we want to overpay for him now? And I think that's the right approach to take. So it's not the end of the world to me if we don't get Lavia. Um, you know, you know, at the, at the price that they're asking for, you could essentially get two midfielders that could come in and do a job, maybe get twenty six hundred minutes each over the course of a season, and I'm just as happy with that. You know. I think a few things on Lavia. I mean, I, I, I don't think City need him, right? I, I, mm. Although I don't think they're stuck for cash. Like Rodri's, what, 27? Um, and, and they've got, as you say, they've got Phillips. Yeah, so, well, at my point, they didn't really need Phillips this fast season, did they? Right? I mean, he had, no. what, three starts all season, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah. Maybe they've got enough projects that they uh, don't don't need him. That's so, so don't, I, I, yeah, and, and I think the other thing about the 46 million and the 50 is... I'm almost certain that there's it's, it's payment terms are a big factor here because because what they said with the 37 and the 41 million bids were there were it was it was with add-ons including add-ons so it could well be that this is another what 42 million bid with four million on you know based on down the road and given that what city gets 20 percent of this which it's ridiculous we know this stuff right but city gets 20 percent that automatically means you know Southampton are you know, losing quite a chunk of uh, of whatever they're going to get paid. Um, I think there's some context to it too, though. Um, you're saying 50 million doesn't buy you a transformational player in a top four team anymore. It just doesn't. 2023, the prices are absolutely ridiculous that they're throwing around for, for somewhat mediocre talent as well. So I don't think that 50 million guarantees you transformation, at least not at, at, at our level. Yeah. Uh, if it's Fulham, you'd expect someone to come in and, and, and shake and, and, and shake the world for them for that, for that amount of money because they're not used to spending that amount of money on a player. And to Paul's point, I don't think that 
City can play the waiting game. They can see if Calvin Phillips shakes out for one more season because he knows the system. He's been there for a year. Whereas Lavia, they're like, we have dibs on him next year. We can wait that. We can wait that. that we don't need him right now. And it could be that, that, that Calvin Phillips lights a world on fire with the six starts that he gets this year. And then next thing you know, they're like, yep, we never really needed him. So I think that there's a, there's a lot of context about City not going into it for, for him. And from, by all accounts, it looks like they're going to spend like 75 million on Guardiola. So in the back of my mind, I'm wondering if they're not minding their P's and Q's until this 115 charges thing is either either verified or, or, or vilified. So, and, and there's a report this morning they bid 70 million for Pakitar. Um, so in West Ham, yeah, yeah. From, from West Ham, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that. That's actually, yeah. So, they might be keeping their, their financial powder dry where, and using it where it's where they absolutely have to because now it's not this shooting from the hip, freewheeling money raining from the sky city that, we, that we're, we're used to because they get they, they are in the massive scrutiny, so they're gonna have to they will have to mind their, their pints and yeah. courts. Although they seem to find it awfully easy to find a new sponsor here and there along the way. So, and also on, on the way that we're heading, like this Jamie Carragher's, uh, sometimes he gets it wrong for me, and I think he got it wrong here to call the club an embarrassment. Was he jumping out, calling, calling, um, uh, uh, Bayern like clowns when they said that this is the final bid for Harry Kane and then are they yeah. clowns? Are they an embarrassment? Like, yeah. that's how this is how it's done. It's just we're not usually privy to all of this. Right. And it's in Southampton's best interest to make us look like assholes because let, let's be let's be fair. We've plundered we've plundered their resources for the last six seven, or seven years, and we made a show of it with with Virgil. Like it was, it's just a bad. So I can't imagine that the that they have a very pleasant taste in their mouth when it comes to us. No. Um, so I think it might be different people actually, though. That, that that's one factor. But just let's move on. A couple of other people, and um, you mentioned before we started. Uh, Enrique about Paulinho but before I go to that and, and you were going to talk about Tyler Adams I think Daz um, just a quick update on Andre there was much speculation that if uh, Fluminense as I think how you say it were knocked out of um, the Copa Libertadores last night um, that we would have been right in there with a 40 million bid for this midfielder called Andre so I, I checked out 45 minutes of the game turns out Fluminense won um, so he's they're going on to the semifinals, which I think are played at the end of August. It, it was really hard for me to gauge actually what, what how good this guy was. And I, I was saying before we started, um, he 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 almost gave away a penalty, which I think if VAR had been around, he probably would have got a red card as well if it had been given. Uh, he kicked another uh, of the Argentinos juniors players in the head, uh, and and there was blood uh, uh, for which he got a yellow card. Um, I think I read that he made 53 of 57 passes. He he seemed to play more as a as a centre back than a um a midfielder. And of those 57 passes, most of them look to me not more than 10 yards. Um so you know he may be fantastic, but I, I did not see in that game um enough evidence for me to say, oh yeah, he's he's we have absolutely need to go after him. Um it was interesting though, the commentators, everything he did positively talked about oh Liverpool can see here Liverpool fans can see here you know what they'll get uh, with this player um so I don't know if that was an informed person who knew he was going to leave or whether you know he thought he'd attract a few more um eyes on this Copa Libertadores game that they wouldn't otherwise have had so, so that's my um 60 seconds on Andre don't know um definitely not 50 million <laughs> uh, it was not 50 millions worth that i saw but uh, hopefully they can negotiate a lower price if he indeed is the guy so why don't we did you say there were link, link new links to paulinho enrique yeah i don't know how concrete they are it's just i think another name spun into the rumor mill for uh whether it came from our side to show southampton that we are we are looking elsewhere whether it came from uh you know, another sports. I, I, again, I, I put, I take all of these uh, transformers with a grain of salt. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of just let's wait till September 1st or September 2nd and see what squad we have then. But so, Neil, but if there, are, if, there, if there are links to Paulinho, you know, I'm a fan. <laughs> I think I've so been. Neil Eckerton talked up that transfer and then he damaged his shoulder in that summer series tour. Um, so, so I, I mean, Neil's part, Neil, Neil has a theory that 
Um, that's why, you know, there's no one else we're looking at because they were going to go for Paulinho. But if he's going to be out for three months anyway, what's the point um, if you're going to bring in a younger player that you're going to kind of bring on board uh, and have playing in the team, you know, second half of the season? Um, that's the story then on Tyler Adams. That's oh, interesting. Million bandied about, which I think would be a, 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 yeah. what Justin and I where you, you talked to how, how poor his passing statistics were. Yeah. But I think, again, he's playing for Leeds. And I think I said, it's like being a Leeds fan must be equal parts exhilarating and, and, and infuriating. The, the type of like devil may care attitude that they have playing the way that they play, it's, it's 150 miles an hour. And then he's kind of in the middle of that vortex trying to make trying to make sense of it for everyone. I just think that his, his energetic output, the fact that he's, I think I said to you, uh, Enrique, he reminds me of a honey badger. He just doesn't stop. He's in, he's in people's face. He's, he's aggressive. He's good in the tackle. Um, I don't think he's, he's probably, I don't think he's a, a really tall player. He's probably like five, t- five, 10 range, I think. So he's not the usual size that Klopp would go for, but I just think, and for 20 million and he knows he's coming in as a backup, I think, I think it'd be a good piece of business. Um, I, 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 I rate him. I think that he, I think he could do good, good bits for Klopp. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say he's a Klopp player per se, but I think that the engine that he has on him, the energy that he brings to things, the fact that he's there specifically to, to, to break stuff up. And I think, I think for 20 million, I think it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good, a pretty good deal. It's just me personally. I think it's something that we should, we should consider. Uh, it looks like Chelsea, a uh, bidding for him. Um, oh, we were just talking about their midfield. Yeah, they're bidding for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I think probably they've given they've got more gaps than we have. That you know it makes sense that they would be trying to fill some of the gaps with uh, with kind of back backup players. He's only five nine. Um, five nine, yeah, that's so yeah, yeah. a tennis range. Yeah, so um, maybe maybe in high heels. Yeah, I mean, play a few Europa League games, right? That'd be that'd be fine. Right. So um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I, I'd like to be where you are, Enrique, but it feels like it's really hard to ignore. Um, you know, if you, whatever show you're listening to um, on on the Anfield Rap or or even some of the kind of more mainstream like uh, Guardian or Athletic podcasts, um, it, it seems like this is a story. Like Liverpool's lack of ambition, and and we'll keep on pounding that as as, as long as. Uh, so you can't listen to any stories about Liverpool without it being in part about their transfer business. I don't understand this. Like it's, yeah. we just brought two players in, two top quality players, and it took like thirty seconds for it to happen. Right. I, I just feel like the the supporters, like the, the they just like outrage. They just want to be yeah. angry about something. I don't disagree. Do we need three, probably two to three more players? We probably do, given the fact that we are littered with injuries by the end of the season. Yeah. Just in terms of bodies, we need the bodies. But it's it's just like so. Sky Sports could 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 do a, a feature on a bag of dirty laundry that we're, that, we're, that we've somehow been, been linked to. And that, that bag of dirty laundry becomes the focal point of everything for everyone. Somehow yeah. we've imbued this bag of laundry with superhuman laundry powers. Like, yeah. It takes a second, man. Like it's, and I was talking to someone like with Lavia, like I think that the, because the speculation that we were interested in him went on so long before we actually made a bid for him, it's just added to this, this, this longevity in our heads. It's, it's been like that scene from 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 Titanic where it's been eighty four years. Like I just, it's. It... Well, it has been a month since the Bosley, so you know. <laughs> but but seriously, I think one of the issues is that there seems the the more clicks, there's more kind of visibility for stories about transfers than there are about the actual football, which is, you know, I don't know. It's it, it, <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but but that's what it is. You know. So, so we, we live in a world where our outrage is monetized, right? Okay, Especially right. on Twitter. So if, if, if you put out something positive, you're not going to get as much clicks. You're not going to get as much, you know, as many dollars. So it makes right, more yeah. sense if you're trying to farm interactions and uh, retweets that you're going to put out, you know, statements that make it seem like it's the end of the world. And then on the other hand, I, don't, I think a lot of our fan base have just not learned the lessons, um, you know, that we, we should have learned after Jude Bellingham and before that Timo Werner and that when we have these longstanding, uh, you know, transfer links that go on for months and months, it doesn't benefit us to make it the be all end all like, oh, if we don't get this one player that a 
apparently, you know, the media thinks we're obsessed with, where uh, we're, we're doomed, where in reality, in, you know, in the back offices of the club, they're probably just like, he's an option, but he's not the only option, right? And, and yeah. you know, you could look at Timo Werner. We, I think we came out better getting Gio Gujato instead. You know, we, uh, you know, I, I don't think it'll be quite as clear cut with a uh, Jubelium, but one can hope. So, so yeah, I think if, if you're making it like Islavia or FSG out, then that's just ridiculous. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if we have in the background one or two other deals um, being talked over. And I think all our best deals under FSG have mainly been uh, hidden out of the, the you know side of the media and public view and they've been done in the backgrounds and then when it does finally happen it seems like it's happened very very quickly and you know yeah. they get the, uh, the deal done as as we did with Sabasai like you said that's over a month ago people don't have those memories anymore but <laughs> but I think yeah I, you know I just I still have confidence that they're I'd be shocked if they're not working on at least some other midfielder as an option in the background and yeah. again I'm not devastated if it if we go into the season with what we have right now I think yeah. we're we're, we're we're positioned to be a club that's challenging for top four and we have to set those expectations realistically. Um, and we go from there, you know, I it's think transition year for us. I think that's a great place to end. Um, season starts on Sunday. Won't stop all the noise till, uh, well, at least the end of August. Cause that's when the transfer window closes. But yeah, I, I feel, um, uh, I'm, 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 oh, I'm often more optimistic than, than sometimes than, uh, we, the, the situation deserves but i think in this case i think um this team has a, a lot of upside um and uh hopefully that's what we get to see on sunday and beyond then hey um we'll be back next week with a, a review of the chelsea show uh thanks so much to daz and enrique for joining us hopefully it won't be uh, this long again before you join us again and uh hey up the reds um looking for that uh three one two nil win and none of that 5-5 nonsense. <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, please share with a friend. Follow us at First Day Copites on Twitter. We only tweet and retweet from sources we think are credible. Finally, music is courtesy of Hypnotic. They're a Welsh electro-pop band, and you can find them at https colon forward slash forward slash hyperfollow.com forward slash hypnotic. Hypnotic is H-Y-P-E-N-O-T-I-C. Thanks so much to them.